Welcome to Encountered. In today's episode, we're joined by Caleb as we discuss how to find a home church, as well as some red flags to look out for. Join us as we encounter Christ, encounter culture, and encounter each other. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Encounter. We are excited tonight because we are joined by a special guest named Caleb, who is going to help us work through some big questions, some questions that aren't asked very often. Questions like, when you are looking for a new church to serve in, what are some red flags you should look for? What are some main things you should make sure are there? So hopefully tonight through this discussion format, we can sift through some of these bigger ideas and see if we can narrow down some tips, suggestions, uh, some things based out of our experiences, all rooted in the word, but how can we kind of shape this conversation for someone's looking for a new church? What should they be looking for? And to kind of start off the night, Kayla, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe five minutes or so of just uh, your testimony or your story and, and how you came to be thinking about this? All right. Well, I didn't prepare a speech, so it's probably not going to be five minutes, but we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Um, I am from New Jersey originally. Um, my... I went to uh, school down in Virginia, and while I was down there, I met my wife, and we got married down there. And Liberty? Yeah. We, uh, <clears throat> we currently have two children and one on the way. I have two little boys. One's four. One is one, and our little girl should be here around December, so we're excited nice. about that. Congrats. Um, I knew you had dogs. I didn't know we had, yeah, you had kids. I, got, so. I had two dogs also, two labs. Uh, they're great. One on the way. No, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. He actually has a few on the well, way. Right? Yeah, I have a litter on the way. But, uh, nice. you know, Everyone's pregnant. Right. All right. It's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my wife and I, when we lived in Virginia, um, our plan was to stay there long term. But, you know, God changes our plans because they're, we're really here for him and not ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, originally when we were down in Virginia, we were just out of school, just married, and we wanted to find a church to go to. And... Personally, I didn't want to go to a church that was really big, and mm. the church that is based out of the school is a really big church, and I I want to find I wanted to find a church that was a little smaller that we could connect with, mm. a little easier, and be able to get to know most of the people that attended the church and kind of be involved. Um, and so we decided to look outside of the school for a different church. So we were looking around for uh, a couple months, and we visited a few churches and. Um, there was, we had a bunch of friends that were suggesting different churches to us and we tried all, all kinds of churches out and, um, and we're in the Bible belt. So there's churches on literally every corner. Right. So you can find what religion you want, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of everything, any sect of Christianity that you wanted, you could find it. Right. Um, and after having gone through school at Liberty and having a faith-based education, one of the things that. Uh, either I failed to learn or I just didn't notice. I, I had never had someone teach me how to find a church because mm. usually, well, when I was born, I was with my family right. and they're going mm. to one church. And the, it's like, I, I didn't have a choice in this and it was the one that I I just grew up with. Right. So I didn't have to make that decision. So getting to the point where I had to make that decision was a little more difficult because you want to find something that is founded in the same faith that you have Mm -hmm. and just going into a church and kind of asking someone that is a little difficult for some people to understand or to be able to answer 
Um, and then you're never going to really be able to ask all of the questions that you want right. and to kind of know ahead of time. Cause so we got involved in a church and at the church we're we're in the church we're we're there for about a year and a half. Uh, my wife and I are both teaching different Sunday school classes and really trying to get involved as much as we can. Uh, my wife, she jumped into a women's study group and she wanted to lead one. And in talking to the uh, pastor's wife, she was telling her her story, kind of her background, her testimony. And uh, she got saved when she was about four or five years old. And in talking to the pastor's wife, she said that she didn't think that um, she was old enough to, to be of the age of understanding to have been saved at that young of an age. And that's one of those things that like, you don't think to ask about when you go into a church. Yeah. yeah. That's a, like a, a big that's, thing. You're that's like, so wait far, a like the back burner. What? That I like never thought yeah, to ask yeah, yeah. anything like that. And it doesn't really come up in a message either. So when, at least not in the year and a half that we had been there. So it was really strange to hear that. And then she came home one night and was questioning her faith and whether or not she was saved. And she said, I think I need to get baptized again. And I'm like, wait a minute. What are you, what are you talking about? This mm -hmm. is not, that's not what we believe. That's not how this works. You don't just get baptized for a show. That's right. not the idea. Mm. And you don't just do it, you know, every couple of years to just show more people, hey, yeah. You know, yeah, it's not a car registration. Right. Yeah. So it's it, it was really strange to kind of run into something like that and be like, man, what? okay, what could we have asked ahead of time? Mm -hmm. Or what could we have done ahead of time in order to find out whether or not this church is something that we need to be at or somewhere we need to invest in? And... um it was just crazy just yeah. to kind of run into that so much late, so much down the line. You're just like, I've been here for a year and a half and this now comes up and now right. it's like, I got to start the process over again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, at that point you have friends, you have like really yeah. probably consider family. and mm -hmm. Right. Right. So we were very close with a lot of people there. And even in working at Liberty at the time, there were people from the church there that were also working at Liberty. And then when you switch churches, you get the awkward like hello and stuff like that because mm -hmm. you're not a church anymore and they just think you're not attending church or they don't know what yeah. to think. So they you're know like, what's going on. I'm going to church. It's just a different one now. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it, it was like, let me start this process all over again and try not to screw it up or mess it up this time because I want to invest in something that's going to be um, eternal, something right. that's going to last for a long time, mm -hmm. something I can put my kids into and I can trust that they're going to be able to grow in the, in the faith and the same, have the same foundation that my wife right, and I right. do. So. So when when you when they told you that about the um, age of understanding, mm -hmm. did you ask other people in the church, or did did you have friends to ask that were going, attending the same church? Like, I did have a couple of friends that I talked to about that, and they weren't really sure about what the pastor's wife was talking about at the time, and it was okay. They were a little confused themselves. I didn't know um, if they were all just like, yeah, you don't believe that? Like, yeah. yeah well, that's what we, so like, the people that I talked to had got hadn't gotten saved until they were in in college or high school. Okay. So they had already been past that point. Mm. So it's harder to ask someone that when they're past that, when they do right, get saved, because yeah. their frame of reference is, well, I was in high school, I was in college, I was right. you know, out of college, whatever. So Yeah, they probably never had to think about that. Right. Mm. It never crossed their mind. Right. And like I said before, there was no message that kind of went over this subject specifically. So mm -hmm. you get into it and you're like, what is mm -hmm. going on? What, I, I didn't know this happened. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you said that because you said you, went, you grew up in a faith-based education. But and you're, so you're saying either they didn't teach it or you must you must have just have missed it somewhere. But I mean, churches don't teach that at all. I, for I I wonder I don't know what the reason could be, but maybe it's maybe they don't want people to leave their own church. Teach what? How to find a church? Oh, so he's saying oh, that he's oh. saying he had a faith based education. Right, yeah. So 
So maybe that's where they would have taught it. But what about everybody who has, you know, everybody who went to public school or, or just a regular yeah. college? Like, where are you supposed to learn? Because a, a church isn't going to be, be like, this is how you find a church. Yeah, I can I can imagine, like, because you're talking from a perspective of someone who went to Christian schooling and, and had a background. Can you imagine coming from a secular background, getting saved, and then just, where do you even start? Like, yeah, that, right, and that's what I'm saying. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you have, I mean— that obscure question on the backdrop, imagine going into like a random church and not knowing any of the questions to ask. Right. It'd be interesting to be able to tell them, I don't know, here are nine, 10 questions yeah. you should talk to you about the pastor. I mean, I would imagine people at like that point, like just newly saved, don't really know doctrine, don't really know what questions to ask. I would imagine they just go off of like taste, like, I like this building better. You know what I mean? This yeah. worship team sounded better right. or whatever. You know, I don't know. Which what, happens. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. What, what else you had to go by? What, mm-hmm. These people were nicer. You know, I don't know. Like. Bunch of other things, probably. I think a lot of the newer Christians, though, are, are basically people that are in a church, and they're going to grow in that church that they got saved out of. Not mm. always. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Ma- I think majority of them will be like, right. oh, I'm already in this church. And then, you know, because they're so new, it's hard to kind of comprehend it because I've been a Christian for a long time, right. and I didn't get saved in a later mm-hmm. stage of life. So thinking about if, if that had been me, like... Uh, I don't know what I would have done because there's so many things that you can learn and you have to learn mm-hmm. or need to learn to really dig deep into into what we believe and get better understanding. It just takes time. And that's what I was just shocked that we got into this church for so long. And mm-hmm. it's like we're, we're in this church over a year, and now this comes up. So, Yeah, so I think one thing, sorry, for the – it's interesting. I mean – my dad, when he first got saved and, and my family was super young, I don't even know if I was born yet. They they went to a church and um, ended up being a church they served in for five, 10 years. And I remember when they first went and then my dad said he wanted to become a member of the church and he was a new believer, like growing really fast. Uh, they were like, all right, so in order to become a member, you can't have any secular material in your house. Um, so okay. they came into his house and they took- They came into his house? They came to his house, the elders. And uh, they were like, all right, you can't have this movie, can't have this book. And they and they kind of like they were like if you want the membership, um, and then you need to come and remove all the secular materials out of your life. And being a you know seasoned Christian after a few years, mm-hmm. now I look back, it's like what did I let those people into my house for? You know, right. I mean that's supposed to be a maturation growth I choose to have. You know, and I, yeah, I, that's, good that's not Spirit. something that right. you, you don't just become a Christian and people remove those things from your life. It should be an inner working of the Holy Spirit to be. I don't want these things anymore in my life. And honestly, it was like. It was like National Geographic magazines. They had to go. I mean, it was well, like set, if anything well, up in the Bible. Who's the standards too? Right. That's I mean, yeah. you think about like who? Yeah. Who came up with the rules? Like right now, I mean, that, yeah. where you draw lines on things? Because that mm. sounds more like you know, the Pharisee. You know, like yeah. Pharisaical or like Sanhedrin right. just coming in and like the raid in your house. But like, what would that look like nowadays? Because back then you had like magazines, Hard copies of things. Well, yeah, yeah, VHSs, yeah. whatever it was. But you know, now it's like, right. yeah, now it's like what, are you going to go through someone's phone like? Yeah, I don't know, but the, I'm just saying, though, TV, even, like he, he was a smart like, guy, and the people were just telling him, like, God wants you to put no unclean thing before your eye, and so if you're committed to this, we're going to help you get there, um, and they just leveraged the membership over it, and he's like, I want my family to be a part of this church, so that's what's going to happen, and then a few years down the road, uh, we just ended up leaving because there were so many things like that, like if you mm-hmm. miss tithing for a month, they'll come to your house and go over your finances kind of stuff, so, wow. but then um, it, yeah, then none of it's coming from the heart. It's all coming no, from no, no. I hope these guys don't yeah. come raid my house. Yeah, I don't even need to like defend 
Yeah, like, I mean, I don't want to try and act like No, I know. Yeah. I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. ludicrous. Did they base their salvation around that? Uh, not their salvation. Their actual like doctrine in, in terms of the Bible was conservative okay. and and uh, accurate, according to. I mean, I've I've, I've looked at it since, um, and it's still a church that's functioning. Right. Um, it's just the the legalist side of it, I guess. It was like, in order to be a member, you need to have these things in order, and and those are questions that if you are Going to a church, one of the ones that's on this list is like you need to recognize the influence the pastor of the church has that's extra biblical. And I thought that was like a pretty cool point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the red red flags. It's like, okay, does does the and this is a, something I've actually heard of at a at a church as well. Um, does the pastor have like a lot of say in who dates who? Um, uh, okay. Does that that's something that's ha- I, that happens? I have seen that before. Mm-hmm. And it's, a lot of say, not, not not just like okay. oh, like someone comes to them for counseling, like I want to pursue this oh, yeah, person. That makes sense, yeah. That's different. There, it's like you can't date that person, or you know, my daughter's of this age. Like, I'll arrange a date. You guys go on it, and um, that's almost that's extra biblical influence. You know that that the person has, and that was one of the red flags that John Piper put out to to recognize is the person taking VHS to stream your house, arranging dates, like uh, all these right, things, right. or is he just preaching the word and letting the yeah. word do the? Do he's the work? Pl- at that point, he's playing the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. he's playing the part of the Holy Spirit. Like. Yeah. So that would be my number one, not to cut you off or anything, but uh, number one thing for me that I've seen in churches is like to, to pay attention to is, is the, is the pastor leading with the word or is the pastor kind of influencing his and using his power to get into parts of people's lives that the Holy Spirit should be doing the work. Hmm. So, yeah, but I mean, what would you, what would, what questions if you were going to a new church now, like based off your experience with that church and would you ask? Would you meet with the the um, like Sunday school teachers right away or think, something like that? I think now that I have children, I would try to meet with <clears throat> whoever's in in charge of Sunday school and and discuss at least that kind of stuff because it's been a literal example in my life. But then I know I'm sure there are things that I wouldn't come up with until I ran into it, you know, face to face, and then be like, oh, well, now I I want to know about this too. And I think with it's just kind of with our Christianity, with our faith. It takes time to build it. It also takes time to understand your church too, mm. and to understand your pastor, and to understand how God speaks through them. And I, it's I don't think it's something that you can do quickly. I think it's something that's going to take time. And, and do ask a lot of questions. Ask as many questions as you can. Whatever might come up, whatever you might think of, write it down, and then go back and ask someone at the church. It doesn't always have to be a pastor. It can be another elder or deacon or whoever it is at mm. the church that might know a little more i've been there a long time and can really tell you kind of how the church views things mm-hmm. and i think that would would help a lot so would you ask because you said you had about your children would you ask based on your children attending that sunday school or would you ask based on you want you want to serve and you want to teach in sunday school so what does that mean right i would ask based on honestly requirements first on my my children's own uh well-being yeah and then uh after that uh, for teaching purposes, because I mean, if I'm teaching something different than the person next to me in the same room, right, right, it's right. contradicting. And these kids mm-hmm. are at such a young age, I'm teaching first, second, third graders. Mm-hmm. They're very um, malleable. Ma- yeah, mm-hmm. malleable at that time, and they pick up a lot. And you don't want to confuse someone who wants to learn, right? And that's what my biggest fear is to confuse mm-hmm. these kids when they go back back home, and then. This is what I learned in church today, and then the next week, this is what I also learned. Well, you have to be this age, and mm. you know I don't really understand this yet, and I don't 
I don't believe it that way. I don't think you have to be nine or ten years old in order to. Yeah, be I would saved. love to hear the defense of that position and just right. and, and hear the, so many implications. Like why do VBS? And why why do yeah, all really, the, right. why do That's all this outreach? I, that was my question to her. Was why should why should we even teach Sunday school if there's like these kids can't comprehend that if you're saying that they're not going to be able to understand what salvation is and what it means and what Christ is and what he means to us, then what are we doing? Mm. Are we just full of hot air? Essentially, you're just mm-hmm. speaking words. These kids are just there to, to hang out. You're basically glorified babysitters right. yeah. for Sunday. And that's not the idea. You want to be able to send because Sunday school, most of the time with that age group, there's a ton of kids from the neighborhoods that parents aren't coming mm. and they go home and tell their parents what they've learned. Mm. And in turn, you want those parents to be like, you know what, maybe I can, I should check that out. Right. You don't want this stuff to just go over the kid's head because mm-hmm. then you're missing out. Like, it's crazy because kids can be such good ministers of the gospel mm. that you, you never Inadvertently think about too. You never think yeah. about it because they, they just repeat what they've heard mm-hmm. and they tell you. And the parents, sometimes it, it just like a switch, it flips and they're like, that's, you know, that's pretty, Which really, pretty good. Simplifies the gospel. Yeah, like we should <laughs> right. just literally just repeat what we heard. You know right. what I mean? When it comes to reading the word, and just like just repeat it. Yeah, Chuck Smith word. always used to say that if you want to become a, a, the first step in becoming a preacher is be able to explain the gospel to a child. Right, right. Which, is, can explain which is so hard. It's really hard to explain it in simplified terms with one syllable words. You right. know, and yeah. So I mean, that that'd be a, a tool you could put in your your arsenal. I think that's why it's a lot of successful pastors at one point were like involved with Sunday school because. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like when Jesus was teaching the gospel and his disciples were saying, keep the kids back. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, guys, what Bring are you doing? Them, yeah. This is where it's got to start. Bring the kids up. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want the kids in the front. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, the kids aren't going to get this. This is for the adults. No, yeah. no right. that's not how we're supposed to think. This is for everybody, and you need mm-hmm. to start when you're young. That foundation needs to start as soon as possible. So I'm just trying, if I'm trying to just in for a mo- just work through their mindset, I guess they're thinking you still want to give them the Bible because you want them to understand the concepts of it. Um, but you don't want to ask them to enter into that until you believe that they're ready. The part, and I kind of understand that. Like you don't want to, you don't want to make a, a kid make like a false decision, right? Without right. understanding it, and, right. and you don't want to force them that. But to pick a number is absurd, you yeah. know, because I'm sure there's there's been three or four year olds that fully understood, and God gave them the ability yeah, to understand. Think, and there's been 13 year olds, there's been 10 year olds, you know. Right, I totally agree because everyone's understanding, everyone's uh, we're all made uh, differently individually. God made every person individual, every person different. So if that's the case, then how can you how can you put a number on that? Mm. It's really just putting God in a box, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Like, God forbid, a, a kid gets in an accident at eight, and, and I you're think like, you just, he was two years away. Yeah, and I think right. you just nailed it. I think the reason, I think that's where this all stems from. Mm-hmm. They come up with that answer for the question of what about. What about kids? What about babies who die? Well, you mm. know, when people have a problem like with the faith, like, yeah, it's like easier. Their own personal, like, right, it's easier. Like, right. If, yeah. They don't feel as bad. Right. If they don't feel as bad. Because just be like, oh, he automatically went to heaven. No, because, it's fine. They're yeah. in heaven. Yeah. Because, like, my, my wife and I, we miscarried our first kid. And mm-hmm. it's it's the craziest thing you've ever, like, you could ever go through. And, like, I never understood it, obviously, because yeah. I'd never been through it before, but I never understood what, you know, what that could mean. Anyway. Getting past that, the the fact like we lost a child, whether that child was born or not, it, it was still our child. It's still yeah. something in 
mm. someone yeah. in God's eyes. And I, I personally believe that the child is with Jesus. Yeah. Mm. That's Agreed. my personal belief. Yeah. And I, like, there's some people that will believe the opposite. And I, I mean, that's, that's fine. And, but like you were saying, like just giving someone that kind of hope, it's almost, almost a false hope because yeah, you're like, is. well, they're not 10 yet. So yeah. it's not a big deal. It's, it's okay. And, yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, mm. it's going to be all right. And you're like, well, that's, that's not what he says. Right. Mm. This kid's nine and a half. And you're saying, well, man, yeah. we were six months away. Mm-hmm. That's uh, like, to me, no. Because there's a lot of really intelligent kids out there mm-hmm. that are way smarter than you would ever think. Yeah. And unless you, you deal with them firsthand, you don't really understand that. You don't really see that. Right. And I, I do think there is an age of understanding. I just don't think we could put Agreed. Like, no. we could put a number on it. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking, obviously, if you're talking like in the womb, you know, you know right, I mean, right. like that, if you're talking about a miscarriage, then, right. you know. Yeah. Well, you also have people with special needs that understand so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you're, you're saying mm. to me that. Well, are you going to put limits on this person because their exactly. their mental capacity is different than yours? They and might be, they might be twenty. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They could be an an older person. They could be 50, 60 years old. Mm-hmm. But just because their mental capacity is right. of a six year old, that doesn't mean anything. They could still exactly. understand more than you think. And mm-hmm. right, exactly. And what if their mental capacity will never exactly. exceed six? So now they permanently can't. Right. According to your numbers, you know, what I mean, you, they permanently can't get into heaven because. It's yeah, just, the way that it was described to me when I was in Sunday school, when I was a kid, was the age of, it's the age of accountability is like the fancy yeah. word. Um, as it's when the kid touches the stove when he so there's like this long analogy of like mm-hmm. when a kid goes and touches the stove and and he it hurts him and then like down the road the mom tells him like you know don't touch the stove and then he touches the stove. Um, is there's a there's a a sociological studies that are surround the idea of like when a kid does something he knows is wrong he actually starts to put more clothes on. Mm-hmm. So like there's there's this like age where kids start to be aware that they're naked and want to put clothes on. Mm-hmm. And I the way that it was always explained to me, and this isn't like a hard rule of thumb, it was just like an observation that maybe when kids are aware that they're naked in the same way that Adam and Eve were aware that they were naked is right. when they're they're accountable for their actions. Okay. Which because would be different for every kid. Which would be different yeah, for right. every kid because I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently not I'm wearing pants. Right? Right. Um yeah, so I, that was not even though that's not a hard line at all, but it helped me understand, like understand, or at least like mm-hmm. have an image in my mind of like, okay, so when a kid is aware of what's going on, aware of their consequences, um, of the consequences of their actions, it's it's got to be somewhere around there, um, and maybe right. again, that might be six, that might be ten, that might be even having. Three. Like, I have two children. Granted, one's only fourteen, fifteen months old. How different they are compared mm-hmm. to each other is it's night and day almost, and. Think about someone's brain and how it, their makeup is. You can't compare them. There's mm-hmm. a reason God made everyone mm-hmm. individual, everyone different. So you can't sit there and say, even with twins, there's always a difference. You can't sit there and be like, okay, well, you're better at this sport or you're better at this mm. instrument or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you can remember more things than I can. Right. There's That's not what we're here for. It's not the comparison. That's why he made everybody different. Right, so like different members of one body, but hey, it's like the it's like Einstein's thing. Like, don't judge a don't judge the intelligence of a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Like, mm. that, what that wasn't their thing, you know. Like, Eagles empty squared. He, is that him too? That was him too. Yeah, theory of relativity. <laughs> it mine's not relative to the conversation. I, just, <laughs> I know things. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think we're all on the kind of same page for that issue specifically. Right. That does have a a, lar- a lot of implications, especially for the I don't know when you're raising your kids in a church. So, I mean, what other uh, – okay, so you have that one. And that one is, is that's 
It's, I just would have never in a million years thought that that was like a hard line for a church right. uh, to draw. So if, what other things can you have you either experienced or thought of for um, things you need to be aware of in a church things as you're, as you're going up? I think personally for me, for my, my own sake, for my own life, it was where, where do they get their scripture from? What kind of what version of the Bible are they using and kind of focusing our foundation on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife's and myself's idea of that is to get as close as the Hebrew is the Hebrew and the Greek are Mm -hmm. together. And for us, that was King James and uh, it's not the easiest to read. No. And it's also like, it's not the only thing out there, right. but that for us is the closest thing to it because neither one of us read Hebrew and Greek um, without having to study it ourselves and really figure stuff out. But we we try to start with at least that. Yeah. And I think well, just... It's, and in, it's, not, it's not the easiest to understand. It's not. But it is proven to be the easiest to memorize. Yeah, it kids I, memorize it not, more it verses from the King James. King James. I, yeah, I've believe I've I've been able to memorize more from that than yeah. I have from uh, NESV, NIV, whatever yeah. whatever else it is that comes up. Something about it's got more it's got more mono monosyll no like one syllable. I know what you're talking monosyllabic. about. Monosyllabic. I could monosyll- tell you what it is. Yeah, that's the word. Is that for the word monosyllabic? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. I just it sounded wrong. Yeah. Monosyllabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One syllable. Yeah. Yeah, even even in going to another church where they didn't use King James, which is okay. They were using, uh, I think, NESV, and in reading it, I'm I'm reading along, and I'm reading King James in my head, just because it's really? what I grew up with. And mm-hmm. then I see it on the page, and I'm like, oh darn, what did I just read? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to make sure I read it correctly. And um, I think starting there, and then one of the things I think is really key for um, for finding a church. I think when you walk in, and you're obviously a new person, and no one really walks up to you and says anything to you, it's really hard to go back to that church. Yeah. Okay, I think, but I think that's more personal. It, it is. That's that is because, a personal thing, right? Because even when I leave, when I visit other churches, maybe it's because maybe it's because I already have one and attend one. But when I go visit other churches, I I just hope nobody comes and talks. Like I could, just, you know, what I mean? because in their, no, really, because in their mind, they're thinking like, oh, this is a new person. Let's help. They're, they're, they're thinking exactly what you're saying. Right. Yeah, they're in like recruiting mode, and I'm like, listen, I, in my brain, I'm like, I already got so a church. I already played for professional team. Yeah, you know, what I mean? yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. Like you just like everybody relax. I just want to sit here and watch. Like, yeah, I mean, I think for mega churches or small churches, my preference is smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I have seen models of churches that are bigger that do have worked because they have a really uh, effective home Bible study system set up. Right. And their networking isn't on, not networking, it sounds terrible, but where they meet and integrate new believers doesn't happen on Sundays, it happens during the week. Right. Like Matt and, Chandler's? Yeah, like Matt Chandler's mm-hmm. or pretty much like even um, Fellowship Alliance down the road. We're not we're naming all these churches, but they do a nice job. They have like 300 home Bible study groups right. or something crazy like that, and um, their congregation grew for a while because of that. But if you don't get plugged into those, you're just a ghost. You're just going in the doors and out. So you have to be incredibly missional right. to bring to, to to let people know every single Sunday. This is our goal. We want right. to meet in homes. We want to do this, and then we want to come back here and celebrate what we've learned. I just. Uh, I still just prefer it'd be really nice for like a sweet spot seems to be like 200, mm-hmm. be 200 people. Because right. up until that, you really can be familiar with 150, 200 people and know 20 yeah. really well right. and serve with them. So anyway, I, I, that's my take on, on big and yeah. small churches. But again, I agree with you. My preference is smaller. Right. Yeah. Again, that's just a personal preference. I Like not that you can't learn and you can't grow in a bigger church. I personally just like, 
the, yeah. the it's more of a community like you were saying and mm-hmm. I, another thing for like kind of figuring out how to find a church is what's their outreach program like mm-hmm. what are they what are they doing locally mm-hmm. one of the simplest things what are they doing locally to reach the people in their city their yep. county whatever it is they're at how are they reaching local people whether they're like you guys have a mission with uh, homeless and things yeah. like, i guess you talked about that last week mm-hmm. like they're important too yeah and like, there's there's ministries all over the place and are are we reaching out to help mm-hmm. as much as we can um i think that's kind of the whole goal of christianity is just to spread the gospel mm-hmm. right so what is your church doing is it mm-hmm. is it doing that right. or is it okay guys we're comfortable with where we are mm-hmm. We're here together again, together, just to say we yeah. did our. You know, we can we can check it off this week. Yep. It's not fire insurance, guys. This is right, right, right. This exactly. is real life. Mm-hmm. This is what he wants us to do: is get out there and mm-hmm. really spread the word. Yeah, so. I think it's really important too, yeah. and that's why it's nice for certain chain churches like the CMAs, mm-hmm. CM Country Music. I'm just kidding. What's the what Mission Alliances? They're, yeah, Christian yeah, Christian, Christian Mission Alliance, Alliance, right? Yeah, CMA. Yeah. Um, I think of the Christian motorcycle one, and then the <laughs> no, Christian music yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, because they're they're a, a brand of churches, a, a chain of churches that are you know that their money is going towards missions. Like that's right. what their whole foundation is. It's like the majority of the percentage of tithes go towards missions, mm-hmm. which is cool when you walk into church and you just know that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know. So one of the things that we was reading about is a point to look for churches is like see if they have a if they're just an isolated church or if they're a right. part of a more hold held accountable to a a chain because. Right. You, I mean, there's probably positives and negatives to both because if, if some would, um, you know, down the line, a chain of churches, right, their doctrine starts to dilute because somebody at the top of the chain gets, you know, mm-hmm. off tracks. Right. Then you have to, then you have to then break, and you're like, okay, do it? Do I go with, you know, do I come at McDonald's or Wendy's? And you got to like choose what <laughs> chain you want to do. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also for a smaller church that you're not attached to anything. That pastor has a super amount of accountability because now he needs to make every decision independent of something else he could refer to, you know? Right. So I don't know. There's those two distinctions between those two. Um, I do think there's definitely going back to what you said about how, like, especially down in the Bible belt, but yeah, how we just have so many churches now. I think that's, I haven't actually, I don't know what I think, but I haven't decided if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. Like what's your cup of tea for the week? Exactly. Well, that also, but it's like now when problems arise, like yeah. you don't have to deal with them mm-hmm. in the back of your mind. You can be like, whatever, I'll just go across the street. You just I'll just go to go. this other one. Yeah. yeah. I'll just, even if it's like 30 minutes away, I'll drive. It's, it's no big deal. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, something came across my head when you were, when mm-hmm. he was talking earlier, our, our, my current church is looking for a pastor right now. Okay. So talk about looking for a church. And now my church that I've had, uh, it's, the one, it's the one that I grew up in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know the foundation is strong, but now they're looking for a, a pastor and you're like, man, mm. Like it's crazy because like I went through a period of searching for a church and now my church that I know is biblically sound is looking for a pastor because my pastor had to leave for health reasons. It's it's wild because you're like now we're depending on our deacons, our deacon board right. to bring in the right person, and so we're doing a lot of praying right now mm-hmm. on that specifically find that right person. Yeah. Which you know, like you were saying, especially in Virginia, that down in that area. Yeah. There's a church on every corner, so it's mm-hmm. so easy to just get up. And be like, well, the pastor left, and I can't, right? I can't stay now. I really like that guy. What am I going to exactly. do if they bring somebody in I don't like? And some people jump ship so fast. Mm-hmm. And change, for whatever reason, has always been really difficult for for mankind. Mm-hmm. 
we can't we can't handle change and it it sucks because it's something that we should be able to handle fairly easily or grow to be able to handle exactly it. yeah like we should be able to adapt to this right. i mean god made us unique he made us able to do that yeah but we just kind of put it kind of out of our head like right. i can't i can't do that i can't change are you kidding me i have to find I, we get scared and we run right exactly instead, instead of now you know right now when change comes we don't learn how to deal with it and then when it happens again, now we're equipped to deal with it. Right. It just we just run away to I'll just go to another church. Well, when when you when you read Paul's letters, like all the problems that they had within the church, like there was like one church in every place he's running, like the church of Corinth. Right. Like mm -hmm. the church of you know, like the church right. of Ephesus. Like there's crazy stuff going on. We gotta deal with it. We gotta have to address your brother, you're gonna have to, you know, address your sister and work it out. And it's funny because a lot of the people I'm sure there's been people who wear the iron sharpens iron t-shirts yeah, yeah, and then they jump ship as soon as they're uncomfortable right. with yep. a decision yeah. a church has made. And they don't really understand that iron sharpening iron is a violent process very violent. and yeah. it causes people to have friction with each other. And the process is to refine each other, you know, that's the purpose of the process. Right. So I think we often equate it with like, I don't know, muscles and guns instead of, <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, people who are, are going, like emotions and yeah, emotions yeah, and, yeah, and right. you know, instead of, Talking about, all right, are we get, I love you, and I want to serve Christ with you. How can we rectify this disagreement we're having to serve the kingdom in a, in a more meaningful way? And instead of going to the next church that has all of the right. boxes you think you'll— Because the problem is that you see people who jump church to church, they eventually have to be introspective. Mm -hmm. Because there's a strong chance that if you're not finding within five churches somewhere you can serve— right. Uh, there's just no way that it's not partially your fault, you know, unless mm -hmm. you just chose five really bad non-biblical churches, but that, if you're, you're supposed doing, to choose good If you're ones. doing some common sense thinking and you're really doing some research mm -hmm. on it because you really actually want this to happen, you want to find a church, uh, it would be hard, more difficult, like you said, to find five that you're just going to be like, man, I guess these all suck, so I'm going to you know, mm -hmm. move on to number six. Like, all right, well, wait a minute. What, am I doing something wrong? Do I need to you know, kind of look at myself mm -hmm. before I, I go on because if, like foundation is what we've been talking about, a mm -hmm. good biblical foundation. And at my church, I consider my family now part of that foundation. Mm. So because something has, has happened at our church to where our pastor is now not sick enough to, or is not healthy enough to lead, we're, we need a new pastor. Why, why should I just get up and run mm. to the next church down the road, which literally down yeah. the road, just because they have a pastor that's been there for a couple of years, well, right? And people and people look at a church like like there's one need, yeah. Like 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 the pastor is the need. Yep. Like you just said, like we need a new pastor. But if yeah. you left, then they need a new Caleb, right? Because yeah. they're all one body. You know what I mean? So it's right. like we then they need it. You know, so it's like people don't see it like that. And they're just like pastor, and then there's just everybody else, right? Well, it's like no, there's a pastor, and then you're a part of that body, and then somebody else is a part of that body. We can't all be the foot. We can't all be the right. Man. And I think like this came up where my my pastor ended up having to leave. And my in-laws pastor just now was leaving and their, their whole church is a mess now and they live in South Carolina mm -hmm. and this stuff happens all over the world, not just yeah. in the U S but everywhere. And pastors leave pastors. Sometimes people can't handle it. Uh, whatever it is, stuff comes up and you have to get a, a, a new leader mm -hmm. and the people have to agree on that new leader or you have things like a split in the church. And right. like, I think, I think my church split, back in the 80s and it's over stuff that we're, we were talking about early like earlier you bring up politics in a church you know how many people you literally have a right side and a left side in the church oh yeah, mm. yeah. I, I mean 
people are going to disagree, yeah. which is totally fine. But how, can you disagree and also right. talk about things without getting mad at each other, without hating on each other? Just because if I believe one thing and you believe another, it doesn't mean I should hate you for it. Mm-hmm. So what, what does God say to do? He says to uh, love the sinner but hate the sin. And if, if that's the case, if I'm going to do that, I, I want someone to be willing to do that for myself also. So like if I mess, if I miss on something, if I make a mistake or if I, if maybe I understood something the wrong way, I want someone to be able to come to me and say, you know, look, this is what I've seen. This is what I believe. And this is kind of the scripture backing it up. And I'm, man, I'm glad you brought that up. I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that. Even though we don't agree, it might not happen that quickly where I'm like, yeah, I was wrong. Cause who wants to admit that they were wrong? Yeah. I mean, I've never been in a spot where I like, yeah, let me say that I'm wrong. Mm. You know, that's one of the hardest things that we can that we that we do. It's it's just not going to happen that easily. So it might take some time, but I want someone to to be willing to put that time in mm. and say, look, yeah, we disagree on this, but I don't hate you. I still love you. Like, just Jesus loves all of us. Mm-hmm. We're all not going to agree with Jesus, and he t- he told us that the Lord he told he said we're not all going to follow him. He wants all of us too, right? Mm-hmm. But he gave us that choice whether or not to follow him, right? So, yeah, it's tough because especially for just the idea of a Sunday service, there's not one chapter in the Bible that says exactly how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. We have we know that there needs to be a shepherd. Mm-hmm. We know that there should be some form of worship. We get thanks to Colossians. But there is a lot up to, and I think that's why it kind of the church is broken up into so many kind of flavors. Uh, mm-hmm. You can in in one in our town alone, we have five denominations, probably at least five more, yeah. um, of like like mainstream denominations of Christianity. Though, where I know that if I want to practice the gifts, I'm going to go to this one. If I want more um, conservative and not politics wise, but like conservative dressed and everything, I'll go to right. this one. Um, and you can kind of just kind of pick and choose. I think it stems from, I don't know, the the idea that, and why worship looks so different is because we don't have a direct manual. So when you're going to a church, you have to know the word well enough to know, okay, the Holy Spirit's really not, it's really convicted me that I don't think that's the best way to to have a church service. And I don't want my family growing up in that. Now, I don't think that that specific doctrine on, on children's ministry is, is the is the one I want right. to, because um, there's no, there's no, like Bible verse specifically saying during a Sunday school service or in a Sunday school classroom, you should not teach kids about the age of accountability, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but you just have to really know the word to know those things, you know, and it's tough. And I think it's what it always comes down to, Mm -hmm. but it is tough for new believers. Like, I mean, you got to, as a new believer, you really got to just cling to somebody that you know does know the word and And just kind of trust them. Yeah. You need, yeah, you need your Paul in that scenario. Yeah. If you're the Timothy, yeah. Yeah. Um. So what are what are some other like kind of and I don't want to focus only the negative things but you kind of do when you look at you want obviously all the good things you want to look for like you're saying I want to see active um, witnessing I want to see active right. evangelizing out mm-hmm. in, out in the world that's huge mm-hmm. you want to see and my these are just mine top of my head I want to see Bible based preaching mm-hmm. um, these are the main things I would look for uh, after I mean those are the Big, the big ones, honestly, to start, and then the rest, I would take some time for discernment for it, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't. Certain churches are really open about where the money goes, right? And certain aren't, and 
it's not necessarily I, I don't I know in our church is because I serve, but at the same time, like if I was sitting in the pews, I wouldn't know where all the you know we don't really we talked about the missionaries that we support once in a while, but we don't really let people know. So I don't even, it would take a long time for me to discern some of these things. Yeah. What are some of yours? Like what would be some things you look for or red flags? Um the red flags are easier to talk about. Red flags are so much easier, yeah. yeah. Well, because that's I I I guess that's what you're doing when you're going. Yeah. You're not when you're I don't know, I guess when you're picking a church, you're not saying what is everything this church is doing right. They're like you're looking for less wrongs than more rights, I guess. Which is the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're looking for you're looking, I guess you're looking for the red flags. Like I you know, I can't go to church if they're doing this or that or whatever. Um but for me, uh, we talk about this every single podcast. Oh boy. Huh? No, I mean it's just because it's so and to me it's just to me it's personally so important. But um a church that's trying so hard to look like the world. Okay. Like that's a huge red flag for me. And what does that look like? You know, you know, like what's it look like to try to look like the dress, worship, uh, just the style of dress teaching. Just, yeah, and I think Yeah, it would just come to like a like a style because or yeah. Um, for example, I have a story. Um, I attended a church. You've probably, you've probably all heard the story actually, but I attended a church about a year and a half ago, and um, we went and you know the worship was fine and preaching was a little more just motivational than anything biblical. It was kind of just like one Bible verse, and then I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna rant for forty minutes. But even that was like okay. Maybe, maybe some people prefer that, whatever. But then we're waiting out in the lobby, and we're just sitting around, and we're talking. And through the background, like through the background music that they have playing in the lobby, we start hearing, like, contemporary hip-hop, like a song, like a contemporary hip-hop song that talked about cocaine and Hennessy. Hmm. And I was like, are they really playing the song that things are playing right now? And we called the pastor over, and I was like, oh, you know, how do you guys, uh, how do you guys go about because I, I was so curious as to what, like, in what's, like, maybe the song, just, I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe just the song playlist, just, yeah, 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 you know, maybe yeah. just like randomly click anything, just hit iTunes play or whatever, which would be irresponsible, but at least would be an excuse. And so I, my, my first question was like, who makes the, uh, who makes the playlist? And he goes, oh, we got like a guy who does it, which implies that it is being made. And I was like, oh, like, what do you use? And for what he was trying to give like a legal reason as to whatever it was. And I was like, oh, do you guys go through and make sure, you know, you're picking the right songs? And he's like, oh, I don't know why. I was like, well, oh, the song's right now is talking about cocaine and Hennessy. And I was like, I, you know, like Jesus like flipped tables for things like this. Mm. And it's like, but now is it a correlation that a lot of their members are 20 to 30, maybe even, you know, 18 to 30? Mm. It's like, are you trying to draw in a certain crowd? So, you know, and when I when I start think, saying things like that, it's like you have you have literally compromised so much of the faith and so much of the pureness and so much of the being set apart, the holiness of the church, just to get numbers. Mm-hmm. I can't see it any other way. Yeah. And just the, just the pastor was literally so off who, who by the way, he was like the ninth pastor, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, one of those, like, where every ministry, you're the pa- there's a pastor. And, and so he was the, whatever whatever he was the pastor of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, he was the youth pastor. Um, but, uh, he was just so caught off guard and he didn't know how to answer the question. I was like, okay, mm. like, it's just so maybe I was being judgmental. I don't know. But even still looking back in hindsight, it's like, it's just so obvious of what they're trying to do. Yeah. And that would be one of those where I would, I mean, you're supposed to be judgmental because that's your goal when you're going, right? You want to see the yeah, church. You yeah, would again. Yeah. But like, that would be, a, I would give another shot. 
Like if if that were a church I were really considering going to, I would go one more time and see if it's continue. You know, oh, no, yeah, a, and I was only going because no, they yeah, had Saturday yeah. night services. But I was just saying, like, yeah. if, if people are listening and looking for a new church, like, I, if I went to a church that was right. like that, even the one that I went to that was in Trenton that I talked to you all, talk about all the time, like I went three times before I decided that I was not going to go anymore. And there were some things like big red flags there. Yeah. But the difference for me is like when I talked to him about it, I was like, hey, "Do you know the song that's playing right now?" It's talking about cocaine and Hennessy. He wasn't even. He wasn't. There was no embarrassment. There was no like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" Like I got like, I'll be right back. I got to run up there and go tell him to turn this. There wasn't none of that. He was just like, "Oh really? What? That's crazy." <laughs> I was like, "That what? Like, yeah, you know." So just things like that. Like if you're if they're trying so hard to look like the world, then you just to me you just have the whole thing. You got it all backwards. And can, I'm going to throw in an opinion, so you guys can disagree with me if you want. But I don't like it when churches beg for money oh yeah this was one of those like and that is a preference but there are churches that i know are healthy and successful and are serving god but i don't want to go there because i don't want to be i don't want to be asked and begged and guilted for money each week and yeah, you should be like, giving out of like your joy over abundance like, that's Right, the, not, because and the one thing I like about Calvary Chapels is they it's like the agape boxes in the back, and you can choose to put your money there, and it's between right. you and God only, or the app or whatever it is. Um, and again, I'm not critiquing every church that does that because I do believe there's a biblical way to do it. I just think that it's the most pure form of giving um, is to give it, you know, secretly to yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the social, and I would I I can say this just I would give the same amount that I give whether I'm pressured or not. I just don't like that there needs to be the social element of, of giving. And so for me, I, I know um, that would be, that's why I like, even when I went to, uh, to college and I went away from my home church, which is a Calvary Chapel, I found another Calvary Chapel and just went there. Cause I know, and it was safe. Like I knew the pastor mm-hmm. there was going to have basic biblical doctrine nailed yeah. down and I wasn't going to be, you know, plate shamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's another that's a preference. Yeah. Like if, it, if it's like in one service and they're, and they're sending around baskets twice, yeah, you know, the beginning and the end. It's like, all right, bro. We yes. get like, yeah. Well, it's especially like we didn't get enough. We're gonna send it around yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, we talked about giving today in church, and oh boy, the woman with that gave up the two pence. Right. It was all she had. Yeah. Obviously, there was a different background to what he was going over, but mm-hmm. not like, hey guys, give us your offering. See, she gave mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. she had. That's mm-hmm. not what he's saying it for. Yeah, I think there should be you know teaching I mean? on giving. Like, and I think there should be exactly, teaching that's biblically. What I was say, right. Like. Giving people that understanding of how to give biblically, I think, is really key because it teaches you a lot of things that you wouldn't really think. Like giving up control of stuff is tough. Giving up your money, which you th- you know, it's not really my money. It's honestly, it's all the Lord's right. money because I wouldn't have it without Him. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I only know that because of my background and my faith. But if I'm new, like we were talking about earlier, coming into this, like, man, ten percent. You guys give ten percent of of what? Mm-hmm. Like, like, a full, full year like for what are, you, what are you talking about like no like there's there's a reason for all this it's not because god needs your 10 percent. you know what i mean and mm. then you you know you, you teach yeah. them so they understand it better yeah. and it's just i love that you brought it up because i'm like that's yeah. like that's god working yeah and some we're talking be, about this today and right and some of it doesn't even need to be that like you know that biblical and that deep and it's just like yeah you like the building we're in you like that it's not freezing. <laughs> so you like the heat? Yeah. Well, they, where do you think the money came from? Well, you know, yeah, it's like right. the building's got a And you want the pastor yeah. to have gas money to get to the hospital to witness <laughs> yeah. to people? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's just common sense. I like, think it's right. like, like you you had mentioned your dad had said, Adam, that yeah. like if 10 families in the church give 10%, mm. that's 100% of the pastor's check. That's like it's su- right. such simple math of that. It's just mm-hmm. like, 
makes it easy. But also, people, that's another point that, like, people have no idea what pastors do. Yeah. Oh, people think like pastors really, do full-time yeah. job. People, yep. Yeah, people think, yeah. what? He makes, yep. like, even if it's a low number, like, you know, right. while he makes, like, 30 grand a year to preach once, once a, a week. week. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, but you're not seeing all the hospital visits. You're not seeing the, yeah. the, the, the weddings, the funerals. You're not the seeing the counseling. You're not seeing the... It's literally, it's a 24-7 job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're never, be off the clock. they're never off the clock. Right, right. It, it's wild. Like, I never really fully understood until basically after college almost because I, mm-hmm. I was an idiot. You know, I, yeah. I never paid attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like like you were saying, my pastor's there on Sundays. Cool. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. All right, cool. That's three times. Never thought about, like, what he makes or anything like that. But then afterwards, kind of going through this process of looking for a church and and then seeing what it took out of my pastor and kind of what it took from him just his physical body yeah. just to do this kind of things. And it's exhausting. It's crazy. And you're like, you never think, like they always ask, like, please, if you guys get a chance, just pray for me that, mm-hmm. you know, that God's with me this week, that I, you know, that I have the strength to get through this and that what I say is what the Lord wants you to hear, not right. what I have right, to say. Right, 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 right. And it's like, that's from their heart. Like mm-hmm. they say it all the time. And it's like, we can take it so lightly. We really shouldn't. Like that's a big deal for them. Yeah. We need to focus and mm-hmm. focus prayer on our pastor because that's the person that's leading us right. through Christ. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be held accountable for a lot of what right. goes on in the church, though. So that's just a, that's a heavy exactly. burden. Yep. And, and to root what I'm saying into like our town's culture is we're a very heavily Catholic town, mm-hmm. yeah. and the Catholic Church is known for money grubbing. I yeah. mean, it's it's known for guilting its members into donating more and more. And I in our town, it is a witness to not ask. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are people that currently attend our church. They come because it's the very first time they came. They weren't asked and guilted and, and guilted for money, and which is interesting. Even even um, like a family member that came recently that um, was raised Catholic, uh, sat down and they were like waiting, like they had their money and they had their twenty bucks in their hands because okay. they were like waiting for the plate to come yeah. and they were nervous. Like, am I going to put it at the right time? You know, right. and I was like, no, you yeah. can do it in the back. And I had to explain. And it well, was a cool if, moment. If, if it's know? who I'm thinking of, they've been coming for a while now, and and I mean, Pastor Vince. At, like, you know, mentions tithing like once every six months. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Be- he because like he has to, it's mentioned in the Bible. Well, yeah, he's he just goes yeah, 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 eventually yeah. you're going to land on tithing. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's, uh, the money's a big one. Um, I think you hit on a couple of these points that are on here that, like, um, focusing on changing the church to the world rather than mm-hmm. the other way around. Yeah. And um, one that I think is interesting, and I never— it sounds like a boring exercise, but going over the statement of faith of the church before you go there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the thing that John Piper warns is an incomplete statement of faith. So if they leave out things about things like the Trinity or witnessing, yeah. if they if they don't mention them at all, it means they have a goofy belief that they don't want to public publicize. And I thought that was interesting. I've never had that instance. See, but to me, if you're avoiding if you're avoiding publicizing something because like we're we're calling it goofy, you know. Yeah. Then that means you're not confident in your in interpretation you of the doctrine, right. like in your interpretation of the word of it. I mean, if the, you had like yeah. 25 points and like tw- you know places you could point me to, you'd be like, yeah, I'll throw it out there because I this is what I believe because of my I I inferred this from the reading. You know, so, they're just afraid that that opinion will turn people away from their seats. So they'd rather get them in their seats first, probably. Pro- I'm just imagine what they would say. It's like, yeah, I mean, we do have a different belief on that, but you know, we really agree on this, and you know, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think. that has to be the reason because I don't. Yeah, I can't imagine I agree another one. Um, so statement of faith is important. I've looked up a few of churches I've gone to in the past and it's just really boring. It's like a lot of jargon in my opinion. Right. Like I'm reading through it. I'm like, man, they all say they believe in Jesus. Like I'm not going to find like the one little thing. So, and I'll go and I'll find that one little thing that they're saying, <laughs> but it wasn't in their statement of faith. 
because um, for the same reason we talked about like Bethel and Elevation, mm-hmm. it was like they want their worship to be as far reaching as possible and they keep their, their marginal doctrine out of their songs so that it doesn't alienate. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it makes, yeah. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that's obvious, the one that the point number five is, um, overvaluing insignificant points in order to marginalize a subgroup of people. Mm. So meaning that if they are, if they're preaching, and this is, I guess, I think we can all talk about this one in a, in a second, but f- hyper-focused on uh, verses that deal with sexuality and, like, preaching on them every single time they talk. Oh, on, like, the hot-button issue. Hot like hot-button issues. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. And that is almost, like, politicizing, you know. Um, and, again, the reason what this all comes down to, and I'm interested to hear what you think, do you like going to a church that is more topical based or more expository? Like they're reading through the Bible and they kind of hit on things. Uh, I like, honestly, I like both. Um, my pastor was that way where he was more expository, but he also threw in where he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go over Paul mm-hmm. and, or we're going to go yeah, over I've, I've said that the book of John, that yeah. kind of stuff. And he, he's like, okay, it's going to take probably two or three months to get through this. Or he started one January, he started in Matthew and was like, our goal is to get through this year, is to get through the, uh, I think it was like half of the New Testament, and then the following year, the second half. Yeah. And then, like, he changes it up in between, because sometimes in his uh, in his study, God will kind of hit him with something and be like, look, I need you to really speak on this. Yeah, and yeah. he'll be like, okay, we're off of that for this week, and this is what the Lord yeah. really brought to my attention this week, and I think this is what we need to to go over. Mm-hmm. And I like that, because he's, he's willing to, he was willing to step away from this plan, which he's very, he was very like plan oriented, like mm. have to have a plan. I'm complete opposite. I'm like, want to go somewhere? All right, cool. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. M- my wife, total opposite has to plan every mm-hmm. little detail. Which is why you're still married. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so and my pastor was that way where he's just like, has to plan everything or he just like goes nuts. But this was God working in him was like, look, this is what I want you to speak on this week. I really need you to. Mm-hmm. And, and he would do it, which was great because I got to see his growth in that, which was really cool. Mm. But that, uh, to, like, if I could say, if I had to say one thing, probably expository, uh-huh. uh, just so I know that I'm getting through the, the scripture, because yeah. sometimes you can get so topical to where you, you miss things, mm-hmm. and obviously you can't go go over everything. You're not going to catch everything your first time reading through the Bible, right? Even second, third, fourth time, you're not going to learn everything. But, so there's mm-hmm. always something new to learn. But there are big topics out there that you could miss by just, let me hit these topics. Or whatever mm-hmm. you know, each year. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I like about expository is it holds the pastor accountable to hit all the topics he probably doesn't want to hit. Yeah, because there are. I don't know about you guys, but if I were to read through like First and Second Timothy, there are parts where I would rather not discuss in public. Like, oh yeah, yeah I, I, sure. there are certain yeah. submission verses. I just it's mm-hmm. just painful to talk about because you have to watch what you say mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. closely, so you you paint it correctly in today's culture, you know, and um. I think it holds the pastor to not just skip those parts that are uncomfortable right. and talk about the same comfortable things. Cause I don't know about you, but if I were to just go off my topics that I'm comfortable with, I'd preach like six sermons and be done. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm going to be repeating myself. after. Right. My it would be too sermon. easy to just like, let me hit my six points. I know I'm hitting the most important parts cause yeah. you know, it's leading people to get saved. Mm-hmm. What about all this other meat that's in the Bible that we're missing? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So like I, what keeps coming in my head is like being uncomfortably comfortable in church. Mm. To where you're, you're comfortable, comfortable in your uncomfortability because 
you know, something's coming up. It's like, oh man, that's something I really need to work on. Mm. Like I'm, yeah. my wife and I are yeah. in this parenting class right yeah. now. And there's, they go over a couple things and we're like, you know, X, Y, and Z. And we're like, oh man, that's exactly how I do things right now. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Conviction, so it's like, yeah, basically. it's conviction. Like you, you see what you need to work on and you're like, okay, all right, that makes sense. And it's like, what are you willing to do? You're willing to work on it? Or are you just going to be like, push that week aside right. and move on to the next week? No, like be uncomfortably comfortable where you mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Back to that sharp iron sharpening iron. like Right. Very uncomfortable, painful process, but it needs to happen. Exactly. Mm. I mean, that's literally just how growth works. Yeah. Like, you know. I, this is where my mind went. I literally went to baking a bread, and my brain said that the bread is painful as it's expanding, and I was like, that's a very bad analogy. That's, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it, so it's – like, yeah. you Your first sermon, please integrate Got it, it one yes. day when you, you, got when you do it. yours. The baking of the bread. The baking of the bread. You have to preach on the breaking of the bread and teach <laughs> when Jesus fed the 5,000 um, and make like a cheesy slogan out of it. That'd be great. Um, so, all right. So this is one that is going to be, um, I, I guess, it's definitely opinions. Um, if you could tell that the pastor is very wealthy, does that prick your hearts in any particular way 100 so i'm saying like so i'm <laughs> Without saying a doubt. i'm saying wealthy wealthy like i'm just for example like pulls up in like a a lambo or something like a very a oh my Roy. god yeah yeah that's the standard yeah, yeah. Okay, okay that's an right, easy right, question hold, hold, hold. Yeah. okay then like a brand new expensive car that was that's like you know 100 grand i don't know yeah, a lambo I like a brand I don't know new f-250 f-150 okay that would bother me so um you know a brand new um a brand new car and they have a big old house and I don't know. That's it. The church is functioning and has money. So I, it would bother me until I knew the person. And if they were as Good giving point. as they have, then I'd be okay with it. If they're literally willing to give that car away to somebody that needs it, right. then I'd be okay with it. Yeah. So the, the context, yeah, the context of that statement is if they're wealthier than the average person who attends their church and, that changes it a little Where, bit for to me, me. It's like, how does the pastor get paid, right? Yeah. By the people that are attending the church usually. Mm -hmm. And when you're you're putting that money into the offering plate, if you will, that money's su supposed to go towards what your church's mission statement is, I mm -hmm. guess. And what, like, maybe you need to reexamine. What's the church's mission statement? And can I see as much growth in that area as I do on my pastor that's standing up there? or that's out there mm -hmm. in this nice car or whatever it is, nice house, you know, it, is there just as much money being put towards that, if not more? Mm -hmm. Is it just people at this church? He's just really good at encouraging giving and people just, here you go, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But see, but I also think that like that, that creates an ability to like, if you're, if you're a pastor and you, honestly, you went to seminary and you're, and you're now you're looking for a church to, to preach at when now, when you just want to go to where to, all the wealth yeah. are. I'll go. I'll go you pastor. Would hope that they I'll go, right, but that's what I'm saying. That opens up that door to that. Like, oh, I'll just go pastor in Cherry Hill. Yeah. Well, but why I mean, would I want to pastor? You know, then yeah. I don't, why would I want to pastor in Atlantic City? Well, the or Camden. The or, average person in Hamilton is going to be very different. Than the average person in Princeton. So, like, right. the pastor there might actually. I mean, the average might be a hundred thousand a year, and so that would be what they'd be brought up to. So, I guess there is context. It's just, I kind of think there should be like one standard salary. For all churches everywhere? Yeah, to be honest. Like, what does the different... Like, it shouldn't go by how much people are taught. Like, a human being, I don't care. 
like we got only go based needs. off sizes of churches too. Because well, so, no, yeah, size. I'm not talking about size, but I'm talking about no, I'm like, wealth. Like you could have a church of, you could have a church of ten people, but they're all millionaires. And now you're a millionaire, and you don't. Now you only have to do ten hospital visits, ten funerals, ten weddings. You know what I mean? It's like so. Just because, are you putting numbers on all that? What do you mean? On the amount of visits you're making, just because you make more money? No, no. I'm saying if if you have a church of less people, like yeah. if you have a church of ten people, right? Then you're going to have to do less hospital visits. Okay, I get less, what you're by the yeah. by the amount yeah, of yeah, people. Yeah. But if those ten people happen to be millionaires, right. and they're taxing ten percent, and you're getting a portion of that. Now they're doing a lot less work because there's only ten you guys, and they're doing and they're getting a lot more money. I'm just thinking along the lines of like you have a mega church and you have a church that's like two. Yeah, so I'm not talking about quantity of people. I'm talking about the salary of people. Right, but like let's say your your mega church is bringing in for the year a couple million dollars, right? I have no idea what it would yeah. be. Let's just yeah. say it's a couple million dollars, and your 250 person church brings in half a million. That percentage, let's say it's let's say it's ten percent, because that's a biblical number, right? Okay. Ten percent of what the two fifty church gives goes to the pastor. Ten percent of what the mega church gives goes to the pastor, and that ninety percent goes out to ministry. You still have your numbers that are skewed, right? Or would you give that pastor because it's a bigger church? There's more people. That's what I'm saying. It should go by people size. Well, I would say I, I kind of see what you're saying, but I also think that you start to delegate when you get up like right. higher. So I like I I, oh, yeah. I know oh, yeah, the sure. pastor like FAC yeah. is not doing hospital visits. Yeah, and there's it's, no way Joel Osteen's visiting every single. Yeah. Ho- you know what I mean? Like, so I, I just, yeah, yeah, it's I like, saw him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got it's, clones. He's, he's locking the doors to the people who don't have flight can't get in. The <laughs> That's <room>. right. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Joel, if you're listening. So, sorry, Travis. Um, which way are you? Are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's it's hard to it's hard to quantify. I don't have an answer. I just know that I would ha- I would feel or here's here's where I would definitely draw the line. I would draw the line if a ministry was suffering because they couldn't be funded and the excess was still going to the pastor. Right. So if I knew that and this has happened in um, a church in South Jersey where the they had to shut down um, they 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 were funding missionary families for decades and they had to not fund them anymore. Right. Um, because they didn't have enough money Ugh. and shut down the gym because they couldn't afford to keep the lights on the gymnasium anymore and the pastor was still making six figures. Mm. Um, and they had about 30 to 40 people in the church. So I, I like if I were to walk in that door and, you know, not, not, I don't care what they drive. I mean, I really don't because they could just be doing really well with their investments. If they're given, <laughs> if they're given $10,000 a year and they put it into they having this, you know, win the lottery and an investment that who knows. Um, but when it comes down to, um, you know, if a, your job is to be the ultimate servant of the people, like a shepherd is supposed to get down with and dirty with the sheep to make sure that they are taken care of. And if your sheep aren't taken care of and you're just, you know, off in the corner counting your money, that's tough. Um, I don't envy the position they're in because everything they do is analyzed and scrutinized. So that's not what I'm doing. Like I, I haven't ever considered any of these things under the pastor that I work for because I trust him. Like Mm -hmm. it it took me at that first analysis. Like, okay, that guy seems authentic. So I'm just going to let it go. I'm never going to think about it again. Cause if I do, I'll go crazy. Cause I, I don't want anybody analyzing my life like that either. Um, but when you first go to a church, it's worth checking out, you know. Yeah. But because I know, I know, <clears throat> pastors are to be held to a lot higher standard than the average person in the church. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I mean, you guys know I have a like very strong belief about how just the general Christian should be. Really? So like, so uh, so pastors <laughs> on the next level. Like I, one thing I know, we always bash like the, you know, Catholicism for the I most part. You know, you know, not bash, but you know, we always have some things to say about it. But like, um, 
one thing that I do like about it is that the priests, majority of the time, and historically, less so now, but took a vow of poverty. Mm-hmm. It, that's just what I was like. You're you're supposed to be the ultimate example. Well, I mean, Jesus right. is obviously, but 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 to your congregation, you're supposed to be the example of how to live, and and if you're living equal to them, then to me, that's just an issue. Like, yeah. And this goes back to other, you know, things we're talking about. We're just like, should you just be matching them? I mean, like, should you know? We talked about how much dependency on God helps our faith, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and so, so much so that should there be like almost a forced dependency sometimes? Should we like choose to live a certain way? It's like how much more so the pastor. Mm. Um, I agree. I think they should be held to a higher standard. Like they're, they've committed their lives to that. To right. be and held I, as a higher saying. standard. And I think just in general, Christians compared to the average person are mm. held to a way different standard. Yeah. And I think one of those is like not being obsessed with the material. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's it's I just want to emphasize I agree that they should be held to a higher standard. I just don't want to commit my life to being the one that holds them there. You know? For everything. So like if say our pastor drives a brand new F two fifty, which I happen to know costs eighty three thousand dollars, because I'm in the trucks, um, and I, I am not going to start jumping to conclusions. Maybe it was handed down to him. Like you know, there's a right. bunch of different. Like I know our pastor has been given cars. Like they'll just they see that his car's really bad, and they have a, somebody has had a car in their backyard, and they'll just drop it off at his house, and it's another not good car. Uh, yeah. Um, but he's just like thankful that it's there. And if right. I'm like, oh, why does the pastor have three cars? It's like well, they're all worth three hundred. I understand that, but what I, what I'm saying is like. For the sake of image, you should choose to make those sacrifices. Ch- yeah, somebody. If I'm a this is just I'm speaking for myself. If I'm a pastor and somebody drops off in my house already paid for, paid off a new F two fifty, they'd be like, "I'm sorry, sir, I cannot take that or because, sell it because I don't want above reproach. I do not want somebody yeah. in the in my congregation to be like, this is where my money's going. This is where like mm-hmm. I wouldn't even want the problem. Like it's, it's, a, it's a nice gesture, but go get that to somebody else who needs it. So what if you say you get like a a, a Honda Civic, like a newer okay. Honda Civic? And people are, and like 95% of the people are cool with it, but 5% aren't because they're like, it's new. You could have bought used. I mean, it's, it's the whole thing about living above reproach. I mean, it's like, um, yeah, because you could have. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just asking to prompt your, what yeah, you're no, talking this about. is just I, my I know. personal, I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, I know it's a hard line, but that's just what I would do. Look, if I was, mm. you might step on toes either way. Like but I'm, dude, I'm, just, I'm yeah. constantly thinking, but you I know? just can't. I just came from a situation where I where I felt horrible. I just like I'm constantly thinking like that. This is how I think. Like we were just at church on the farm, and it just doesn't look good <clears throat> when we take pictures of yep. their hymn books, and now we're sitting there on our iPhones, and you, and we're talking to them, and we know like one, one they're coming from Haiti, and then they're living in Miami, and then they're living in Jersey, now they're going up to Maine, and they're going back to Haiti, and it's like, you know, we're the iPhone. People. They love right, you know, they love, and we're just driving away. You know, and we're just coming up, and all, they see if nineteen cars come up when they're taking a white bus to Walmart, jam packed with mm-hmm. people. You know, it's just it's not a good look. It's like I feel like it's not how we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And pastor just preached on that today. Like, how can you preach to somebody who's in, hungry? Yeah, they're not going to hear the gospel. Somebody says, "I need a blanket," and then you offer them the gospel. Yeah, they won't hear right. it until you get a blanket. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's just I'm constantly always thinking like that, or you know, I just feel bad rolling up late when we get to Atlantic City, and there's a, a line of. 50 people, and here we all come in our cars, just put in a park, and they help us get there. I know we have to get there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, so I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, I just constantly live, live with these, like, convictions all the time where it's, like, just not. So if I was a pastor and I had to live 
you know, I was, I knew I was in a fishbowl. I knew everyone was like analyzing every move I made. Mm -hmm. I would, I would never be able to take like a, I would just be overthinking everything. So here's, here's a question for anybody who wants to answer it. What, if the church is doctrinally sound, mm -hmm. like biblically checks out on all the scales from Sunday school to worship to whatever, what preferences do you have for the church you're looking for? Hmm. So non-biblical preferences. Um, So if you're going to a church and you have 10 churches in front of you and they're all biblically sound, this was a, a question that, that um, they asked John Piper at the beginning of the, the interview with him. And the, they basically said that I, I'm in the, the South and there's a bunch of churches that are um, doctrinally sound. H how do I choose which one to go to? Um, should, can I use preferences? Is, that public, is it biblical to go off your preferences or should it just be, you know, you pray and wait? And for God to kind of lead you in a certain way. I think with that answer, I think, I mean, I would just, off the top of my head, I would think it would go to like, what church could use my abilities the best? Mm. However, but back to answer your real question. I know I just, the first thing that popped in my head was I would want to go to a church that has the most diversity. Hmm. I mean, like, I don't mean, I mean, like, real that, like, you know, I don't even know if this church exists, but I'm just like, in my brain, I'm picking like the idea. You said the doctrine, sound, and everything. Mm hmm. You know, all their their ministries are going good. I would I would want a church that's got somebody from Ghana and then in one row, and then the next row they got somebody from mm -hmm. Switzerland. And the next row they got you know just like a, a very diverse group. Because to me, that's what I feel like the throne room is going to look like. So yeah, you're describing heaven. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of what you set us up for. Like you're like, all right, everything is set perfect. Yeah, no, like, I would yeah, just want yeah, diverse yeah. people group. Yeah. Okay, diverse people group. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like they bring in so many perspectives and and things to learn. You want the large Crayola box with all the colors. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. All right, cool. All right. So that, so no preferences for like, so if, cause I know you, <laughs> there's a church that has hymns only and a church that has modern worship. I would 100% go to a hymns only church if it was more diverse people group than a modern worship with okay. regular. You know, so that you ranked your preferences. So you have it. And by the way, I said regular, but I, you know what I mean? Like I, I like, yeah. I wouldn't want to go to a church with modern worship. If they were all white, if they were all black, if they were all Chinese, I don't want all of anything. This is what's going to embarrass you. are going to get uh, canceled for what you just said. <laughs> I'm saying I want a mixture of everything. I don't yeah, want yeah, all yeah. of one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about you, uh, Cole? What do you think? I, I've literally been thinking for the past, whatever, five minutes. I cannot <laughs> think of a preference that I have that's not like like a biblical preference. Like I, I'd want them to be biblical. I don't – been to okay. a lot of churches that like I don't have one – I literally don't. I literally don't. I like sing, sung hymns, sung modern worship. Like, as long as they're staying biblical. And the the big thing I could think of when you're asking about pastors, biblical, yes, but then that you know that they're genuine. And that's the thing, like mm -hmm. how you'd mentioned with Pastor Vince. Like, as soon as I knew they was genuine, good enough for me. Like, that's yeah. the church I want to be a part mm -hmm. of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's go. I thought you guys could be more controversial. Sorry, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, like uh, uh, I brought it up earlier, like how welcoming. The people like the people okay. of the church are, and I think it for me it kind of sets the tone for how things are going to kind of go. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I just would like not that I'm perfect at it or even good at it. When I see someone new going up to them and talking to them, I was talking to uh, my wife a week ago about this. Like, I want to be able to go into church, and if I see somebody new, walk up to them and just talk to them, say hello, and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And obviously, with all the COVID stuff recently. 
it's been different with that. Wait, what are you talking now about? Now that it's yes, COVID exactly. What? Yes, <laughs> uh, another hot button yeah, yeah. Gray, gray area. Yeah, canceled. Um, but anyway, like there's people in my church now that I see, and I'm like, man, I, I've been going here for how long, and I don't know that person or that person or mm. that person. Like, that's on me. Like, I need to go over there to them and welcome them. Like, this is what I want. Yeah. Talk about things I have to that I do yeah, wrong yeah, yeah. that I want to work on. Mm. This is one of them. It's like I I want to be welcomed in the church that I go to. Like I need to do the same thing, you know. So I <clears throat> I have been working on it a little bit here and there, uh, which is nice to kind of get to talk to other people and because like you have to put yourself out there. Yeah, you know, like especially if it's a new church and you're like trying to find like, if you really want to understand what this church is about, you got to talk to the people that go there. Mm. Yeah, and especially right. especially at our church, I'm I'm friends and family with a lot of the people, so it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Soon as pastor says Amen after the last or whenever the last worship song, right? To like just go and cling to people that I know yeah. and just talk to them about what we saw last night or something yeah. like that, instead yeah. of meeting new people. So you don't have to force yourself, you know? Yeah, which is it's so like it should be normal, but for whatever as a society we've made it like awkward and mm-hmm. weird and and difficult on ourselves. Like I said. Or with change, change is the same way. People don't like change, but mm-hmm. we can do it. Well, this is change. Like, let's go out there and meet somebody. Let's talk to people that go to our own church. Mm-hmm. Even if it's 100, 200 people, let's get to know all those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they all have different stories. And learning from their stories or hearing their stories, we can learn different things. And we can grow more and maybe see things in a different light than we did before because they've been through different circumstances than we have. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Think about it. This person is right next to you in the pew with you or at in the same row with you. It's the same with like local ministry, local outreach. Like all these people in this area need Christ just as much as all the people in Africa, all the mm. people in Asia, all the people in South America, wherever it is you're going to be a missionary to. Because when you hear missionary, you just like, oh, yeah, that's way out there, wherever it is. No, it's right here. Be a missionary in your own city. Mm. And that's I, I love that about my churches because – their goal is to not only be a, you know, promote missions around the world. It's locally. Like well, mm. there's all these people down the street across, literally across the street from the church that they don't go to our church. Mm. We're pretty sure they don't go to church, but we don't know for sure. So it's like let's go and talk to them. Like hey, you guys are invited every week. We don't care. We we just love to have you here. Be a part of our ministry. Like that kind of welcoming mm. can change someone's heart. Mm. Can really affect them. And I think yeah. that's I don't know. It's important, but it, at the same time, it's not one of those like biblical based. This is the church that I found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, sometimes I do like that there's organized welcoming. Um, yeah. Sometimes where I think it should just be a natural overflow of the congregation's heart to to, to reach out and meet yeah. people as they walk through the doors. But it is nice when somebody welcomes you as you walk in. You know, that's mm-hmm. why most churches have them mm-hmm. right when they say hi and they're a nice, warm person. Yeah. Um. And you know, they they can link you up to different ministries. Um. If you want to get plugged in. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, what I my preference would be because there's there's certain ministries we we're talking about that just might not exist. Like I like having, I'd like to see a, a men's ministry, a women's ministry. I'd like to see like a young adults ministry. I'd like to see a youth group that's active. I would love to see um, a children's ministry that's from as young as possible to Is as this old your as preference? possible. Yeah, it's my preferences. Okay, so I was kind of I was under the impression that like these we knew existed and were doctrinally. I thought, yeah, that, was I thought that was fairly doctrinally sound. Like those are. You're ministering to your I church. Because I would have well, said that too, but yeah. Yeah, well, I'm saying a, a, you can have a, a bit doctrinally sound church doesn't have men's and women's studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's why I was just clarifying. Okay. Now, I probably can't without you. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, was, I thought you guys. All right, so Cole, I'm not letting you go. So I, you said yeah, you, don't, you said you don't care. I'm thinking, oh, oh, you said you don't care if they have hymns or modern worship. I said yeah. that there's five churches in front of you, all doctrinally sound right. and very different. If I had so to if there's choose one, if you, if you, yeah, you literally okay. have to. I have. I listen to modern worship more. If we're going with that topic, yeah. I listen to modern worship more often, so I'd go with that. There's your preference. All right, okay, so there's that one. Sure. Um, would you like the pastor be 20 or 50? Uh, I prefer somebody older than me. All right. Well, wow. This is this all right. Is so I'm just saying that these are oh, these so are ones, you have all these preferences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, would you like the music to be like louder or soft enough where you can hear yourself as you sing? Oh. Would you like the lights to be really bright or would you like to be darker? Yeah, those I don't have. Though I can't think. <laughs> you have to choose. Oh boy. <laughs> just oh man. The only thing I can think of is a concert I went to where the lights were literally shining in my eye. That was yeah. the distracting part. So, I don't, so as long as it's not distracting. So these ones that I'm asking are, are mm-hmm. the ones that John Piper said are the yeah. number one preferences people have when they go really? to churches. Yeah. Are lights, sound, age of the pastor, um, which ministries are available to meet their needs instead of which ones can right. they serve in. Um, and so all those ones are the ones I was – I mean, I, which is – I think it's good that none of us name those things because it shows that we actually just care about what the scripture has to say about things. Right. Um, but those are generally – the ones just according to this one article that that John Piper said people are looking for and pe- the major complaints he gets about why they leave um, when they first come for the first time and then they leave it's because this thing the you know he's pre- he's preaching but he's not preaching from behind a podium um, you know because that's what they're they're used to so I think that's why churches are driven to like the you know kind of commercial drive to to check all those boxes off so that they don't lose those fringe people on the first visit, you know, cause that kind of consumerism forces churches to make decisions they probably wouldn't make otherwise, you know? Yeah. I, and I think some do it out of like, for exactly what you're saying, that motivation behind it. But, and maybe this is just my preference. I didn't think of these cause these wouldn't be like a determining factor for me. You know, yeah. you know, if you, you gave me one preference, if it would be, you know, mm. so, but with that said, I do prefer certain things over another. And I, I think not for consumerism reasons or not to, not to attract people. I just think, which is why the settings it is right now. I just like a more intimate setting. Hmm. I do that in my own house right now. There's maybe one light on. Hmm. Yeah. I just, I just like a more intimate setting. I feel like you're, you're mm-hmm. just more intimate. So those of you who are listening, um, every time uh, we set up for downstairs, Joe, make sure we have one candle going one lamp. All the overhead lights are off. Um, and so he, he's yeah. got, he's got the, the vibe it's going just a now. Vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The ambiance. <laughs> I mean, no what you're doing, to... it feels like a date. Yeah. 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 I love it. That, I, I'm not even joking. That's how I used to study <laughs> in college. I would literally turn my lights off and pull the like, candles around. It's just a vibe. Like you just like, I'm in the zone more. I don't know. I got you. So that's definitely a preference, you know? Yeah. 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 Because I almost, I almost treat light as like noise. You know how like I can't study when there's a lot of noise going on. Mm. And I almost treat like if there's too many lights, it's like, it's, it's almost like noise to me. I feel like I'm in like a hospital or like a meth lab, like a psych, a psych ward or something. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm just weird. You're sounding like Kanye right now. He's like, I Much. see lights, I see sounds. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. Do any more preferences pop in your head after we go over those? Uh, I did. I do like that you brought that up because it's not like Joe was saying. That's not something I would even like think of or put mm. out there. Like, that's one of my. My things that can I I can swipe it over this way or or this way you know lights and music this style of music and stuff and I I just know talking to some people specifically like they're like okay well because you guys are using a drum now which is not even a drum set it's one what's the one that you sit on and you play what's it called a cajon, cajon. it's yes. literally right yeah. under yeah. the table that's what's holding there yeah. yeah yes the cajon um, anyway 
that if they're like, oh, they're using a drum now, and they have uh, a guitar, and it's like, deep. Did you read through the scripture? Right. <laughs> did you yeah. really check everything out there where yeah. it's talking about praising the Lord and mm-hmm. like literally shouting? Yeah. And did jumping you- up and down <laughs> and dancing and praising. And anyway, I don't yeah. want to get off topic, but no, yeah, yeah. But that's like. That's like if you're gonna have modern worship, awesome. If you're gonna have hymns, I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. I'm not like li- I, I love both. Honestly, I want both in my church because I think you can um, you can kind of hit people differently with them mm-hmm. when you prepare their hearts for what the message is. And yeah. like I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and at their church, and I was like, "So does the music line up with what the pastor is gonna speak on that day?" And he was like, "No." It's like, really? It's like, no. I was like, well, did you, did you just have someone like pick random songs every week? It's like, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, for me, it's like you gear the whole message towards what you're saying. Like, yeah, it the should be, music it should be, should be geared one, towards right. Like, what do you symphony. what do you bringing yeah. these people into when mm-hmm. you bring when the pastor steps up there to speak? You want them focused on, you know, look, this is we've been preparing your hearts for this, you know, that kind of thing. So like. I think utilizing both types mm-hmm. of music is, I think it's pretty cool. I think if you can do that, I would prefer that over one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I did think of another preference. It's okay. almost impossible. I've only found it in one church, but to have a single service because that where you have multiple services going on, you get disconnected from people. That's that true. There's some people I literally don't know who they are. You can are come to my church to if you want. Service or <laughs> we got one service right now. Switching <laughs> so. churches, guys? Yeah. So, come on over. <laughs> I actually just listened to a, a sermon by Vody Balkum. Vody. Vody. Yeah, Vody. And um, his, he actually, that was one of his main points is that he believes that every church is doing that is like heretical um, in that specific aspect. Because it, having multiple more services, one? multiple services, because okay. he said you're creating two churches in one, and a, and a shepherd can only be a shepherd of one flock. And um, I think it's a little dramatic um, that the way that he phrased it, but I also do see the value in having one. I, I think it's just a mere logistical thing. It's oh, like we no, have too no, many no, people for one. Because like when you're yeah. serving in one, you can be in the other. I completely understand. What I'm yeah, saying yeah. If yeah. I had to have a preference, yeah. and I said it's almost impossible. Yeah. You're doing great, Caleb, on in your church. But like, <laughs> it, it's nicer to have because then you're not. If you go to, I mean, I, I'm usually serving a service, but if you're actually sitting in a service, mm-hmm. you know everybody because you see everybody on that Sunday on that service. Yeah. When um, the first church I, that I grew up in, there were two services, and it was a joke all the time when we would have church picnics. Oh, you go to this church, and it was just that oh, you yeah. never yeah. knew the you other, never you never knew the other service, yeah. you never saw them or anything like that. You know, it's right. actually like I was crazy. looking for, I was waiting for you guys in church, and you're like, oh, we're calling the second service, and and you yeah. know, you don't get to see that couple yeah. that week. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I. It makes a lot of sense what he's saying, but I don't know if I agree with it because basically what you're doing is you're making, if your if your pastor you know is biblically sound, now you're making if he if you want to take his analogy, you're making two churches, that's two more churches that are biblically sound now, mm. you know. So it's like it's almost a good thing. Yeah, I guess I guess what his his because he flushes it out, and I'm not gonna say yeah, I represent yeah, yeah, his yeah, opinions, yeah, yeah. but the one thing I remember him saying is that uh, if you have a body, God brought everybody there to function as that one body. And so you could have a bunch of knees and feet going to the first service and a bunch of eyes and ears going to the second. Mm-hmm. And so the body doesn't know how to function as one because they might not ever meet. Um, so it's a good point. I, I don't think it's limiting like, God because God can create a body, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But the only thing is it now it brings, because if you have one service, now there'd be a lot more bigger churches. Mm-hmm. And now, now we create the problems that come with 
big right. churches. Yeah. So I don't know, it's good. He's making it's a good point. Yeah. When I heard it, I was like, interesting. Yeah, I just don't know how it necessarily plays out. I'm not going to yeah, create yeah, a doctrine yeah. off that, but it's right, something yeah. I would consider if I were to. Well, like, think about, like, when you go to plant a new church, not maybe you guys specifically, but, like, your church has grown to a certain capacity, and you're like, okay, we can only have so many people. We're already doing two services or three services, whatever it is. Let's start a new church, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two, three miles down the road, we can, you can start another church. To start another one, that's the foundation is just as biblically strong as the one that you're currently in, and, you know, and that was I've his argument, that, right? Yeah, like you can you can do that, mm-hmm. but you know I don't know if you always have to. Just because, like, if you get to a certain capacity, and you're like, okay, we're we're okay with two services a week, um, or a Sunday, whatever it is. You know, you can you I think you can do that efficiently and still be essentially one body. But like you were saying, you could go to a church picnic. Hey, we're having lunch on the grounds. Okay, cool. Everybody stand. You know, for wow, I didn't know you even went to this church yeah, anymore. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and. I think it's different having two and five. True, true. There are churches that have three, four, five. You have a Saturday night. Yeah, that's a lot. Four on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's way different, in my opinion, than two. Because two is almost and, like you're just flip flopping who's serving each one. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, maybe I'm coming from a cynical point of view where, like, I am serving, so I'm serving both. So it becomes draining sometimes. Maybe that's where my preference is coming from. But uh, no, I, I understand that. Like, you don't want to. What about the pastor that's speaking for yeah. that many services? Yeah. Goodness. Usually it's the same person, right? Mm. So like, Yeah. I, I mean, Saturday if you have three and then Sunday you have two or three, like that's a lot. That Talk a about lot. not having a break. Yeah. I mean, we talked about how busy pastors are earlier. Like it's it's literally a full-time job already and you put that much on top of them. Like how can you get things across efficiently mm-hmm. when you have that many? Yeah. Makes yeah. it tough. It does. Yeah, and I think once you're the head pastor of a large church like that, your main jobs are to go to meetings and to prep for those like long weekends of preaching for right. a few services. I don't, I don't, I think a lot of the elders and assistant pastors and stuff are the ones doing a lot of the grounds, groundwork there. But again, I, don't, I only have like three churches in mind that I know well enough okay. to, to like put in that framework. So there's probably thousands of other variations of how they run things, but I just can't imagine it's like, you know. Is Elon Musk like really like assembling all the little things at Tesla? You know, I, I can't yeah, imagine. So he might be. I don't know. He's a weird guy. Yeah. I was just looking up the average because I was not. You guys are gonna be curious now. The average number of people in the early churches. So like Corinth, Ephesus, yeah. and you know, I mean, I'd have to sit here and look up every everyone. But I just did Corinth, and it was like they said forty to one hundred fifty, which is like a big gap. But mm. that was their. Like uh, historically, that was our estimate. What's the largest church? In, what's the mega church? There's one, uh, the one that like is always sending. Right now? No, no, no. In in the largest church and the largest biblical church. I would imagine it'd be Ephesus. Well, Wikipedia's failing. Church in Corinth. Yeah, I don't know. Ephesus was I, I thought there was one example of like a really large city. church, and it was always planting, and that's why the the I think Ephesus was thinking of. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I mean, that was the biggest city mm-hmm. of the ones. So, if, all right. So, Rome. If, to kind of, to, but Rome was underground. Rome was first. Rome was like underground. War. I already moved on. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, and expect for a history lesson. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no. So the. Um, if we're talking, the whole point of this is to look for when we're going to a new church, what to look for. We, right. I think we've hit on a lot, but if we were to summarize it, what we have, we would have look for a doctrinal statement, read it, mm-hmm. be familiar with it. Meet with the ministry leaders that you're going to be most 
Right. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, you're gonna work closely involved with, yeah. Some of each children's ministry, like try to develop one. a list of questions that you want ahead to ask of time. Yeah, ahead of time, so that way you can you can go in ready and you're not blindsided. Yeah. That, and that just shows the church that you have initiative and that you want to be plugged in and want to like know what they're about. It just gives right. them more confidence in you leading ministries and being involved because they're like, oh, this guy actually wants yeah. to know mm-hmm. what we're about. Yeah, find a church you can serve in. Is are there your gifts? Can you employ them where you are? Right. right. Um, make sure that they're not conforming to the world too much. Yeah, they're not trying too hard to. Yeah. Look like the world. Be in the world, not of the world. Yeah. yeah. Make sure that. What was the other one you said? Oh, the uh, the um, consider uh, money and how the church is using it. And if mm-hmm. that looks like in uh, the uh, what the pastor, you know, however that reflects in him, mm-hmm. however that reflects where the money goes in terms of, um, do, are they supporting missionary families? Are they actually serving the community with that money? Or are they just building up this mega complex, you know? Right. Um, what are the big ones? I think that was pretty much. If I, it's, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. I was just going to say genuine pastor. Yeah. Genuine. That's the one big thing I look for. Mm-hmm. A lot of, like one of the big things that can come up, I just thought of this for some reason. Uh, we were talking about it. My wife and I were talking about it the other day. The Her parents' church is run by elders and the elders make the decision while the pastor at the church wants to be the one that has the final say instead mm. of like the elders make oh, the decision. So who's okay. making that final say in your church? Is mm. it is it the pastor or is it a group effort with the elders and the pastor? That that's kind of that, thing, which is a pretty big Yeah. When you think about that's decisions pretty, that have to be made yeah. for the church, that's, that's a, a big, big deal. deal. That's true. When the when the pastor leaves for whatever reason or passes right. away or whatever, who selects the new pastor if the pastor is the one that was I make the next decision. Well, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to go back I mean? to that because that's, I guess, that's what your church is dealing with now. Uh, not my church. Well, yes, finding a pastor. Finding a right. Yeah. And I, w- I mean, I think I would hope for it in my church is that the pastor would be training up yeah, somebody already. They should never really just be blindsided, like, oh, he just had a heart attack. Like, what, like you know, now what? Now we're left with nobody. Like, he, it sh- that should already be going on. And the pastor should really, God forbid, something happen. I'm already training up this person to be the next. Mm. I I I agree with that, but I also disagree with it only okay. because. So like my my pastor has a staff, obviously. These people that are in their positions, let's say it's uh, youth ministry and the music ministry, mm-hmm. they were they were called to that specific ministry, not to move up to pastor. So his staff would be pastor, and then. Obviously, they're assistant pastors, but they're the youth pastor and the music pastor, or however you want to, mm. whatever title you want to give them. But, Wor- worship sensei. Ex- yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then if you're like, hey, you're up, mm. you know, can this person's like, no, I was called to do this. Not, well, no, I'm saying that person I mean? who the pastor is is training up would be, you know, dedicated to that, like studying that, and that's their main focus. You know, they go to other ministries, but not necessarily leading them. They're studying Pastoral. At least there'll be options. Right, like, right, you, right. You want it to be, kind of be um, Well, like I said, like organic. I agree with that. But at the same time, like I could see why you wouldn't because then it's another person on your payroll mm. that no, 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 some churches be. can't. No, it shouldn't be. Uh, well, eventually, another, when he right, goes no, into no, the pastorship, right, but not I'm, as I'm he's studying. Right, oh, I'm talking about right now like because, I mean, if that's what they're doing, this is they're in it. You know what I mean? They're in it full time, really. Right, but it would be like a college athlete. They're not paid. They are now. 
Well, okay, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like for a long time, you know, it's yeah. like when you're in training, you're not until you get drafted, and now you're the second baseman for the Phillies. Now you think, can pay, like, like, what you know? kind of what kind of time are you putting that that assistant? What kind of time are they putting into the church? And in like, order to live, in general, well, they would still have a regular job. Do you have time for a regular job and to do this, which you want them to have their full focus on? Yeah. I'm talking like so, like just twice a week, you would meet with the pastor and go through pastoral so classes. Like a like a mentorship, like a discipleship. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm I, not talking like, I mean, maybe maybe they would eventually do the seminary. I think he's thinking more in the lines of like an associate pastor that's going to take the right. spot. And you're thinking the lines of like a mentorship and discipling someone. He yeah, doesn't actually like have the individually title. Well, wouldn't you want to have them like be through like schooling and stuff? Because yeah, like if you're going with what you're saying, well, the pastor, health reasons can't do it. Uh, whatever reasons is leaving. This person's yeah, but we're talking about in the, in the scenario of a fluke, like the pastor's had a heart attack. That's what I mean. So I'm like saying if, if they so, haven't if he, done their schooling yet, right? You're okay with them jumping in? Done, I'm saying if they've done, I'm saying if they've done five years of this mentorship discipleship with the pastor, yeah. You know, not the schooling yet, and then he right. all of a sudden just gets in a car accident and dies. It's like all right, well then you're gonna have to for. What do you do for you those? Tr- Whatever long it is, no, nothing. You would, you would just, you just be there. He, no, the, he would just become <laughs> the pastor, and it's just like, okay. I mean, the the schooling was like, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we we've kind of created this like, we've kind of created this mentality where it's like, we we need more than just the word of God, right? School, you know, I mean, schooling yeah, and yeah. whatever, you know, you can list things for days, but it's like at the end of the day, you just need the word of God, and yeah. and somebody teaching it to you. And now, if you trust your pastor that you currently have. And you think he's a great pastor and good discernment, and now he's training this person for five years mm-hmm. to be a pastor. Then, if now he all of a sudden dies in a car accident, right? I think, right? And we're talking about that I, crazy I got, scenario. Yeah, I got like, yeah you know what I mean. Like, hopefully, within right. those five years, he was going to already attend seminary or whatever, and that's when he becomes yeah. associate pastor. Right, right. Well, that's what I, that, my yeah. only thing was like. Let me bring up this fact that hey, what yeah. if he's gone before he does schooling, and then you're like, oh. Crap. No, I'm well, just saying. We do. Well, I'm just saying in that scenario where he's not yeah. like, then hopefully he did the mentorship would just be enough at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, another topic. Yeah, yeah I mean that's, that's like yeah, another that stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, I think the question you brought up though before, before that, which is the elder versus pastor led church, yeah. is huge. It really, really is big. It's I, a really big deal that got, like I didn't think about until like a yeah. week ago. Yeah. I'm like yeah. Hello, I went through this looking for a church already. We were mm-hmm. talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Didn't even think about it. That's another thing that just blindsides you. Like, hey, duh, mm. who's leading this church? Yeah, and, and my conviction for for the church that I go to, I want it to be pastor led, mm-hmm. um, just because I want the shepherd to not be ruled by a sheep, and yeah, like I, I do want him to be. I, I do think there's there's a a, a purpose for a board mm-hmm. and to have that votes, but I do think that if there's, it's kind of like an override. Or if yeah. the pastor wants, I, I do think he should have a, a council of people he listens to and values their opinions and right. talk to them and even consider votes. But if he says, guys, I'm sorry, but this one, God's called me, I'm, I'm, God called me to lead this flock. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think this is how it should go. I think the pastor should always override. Yeah. Because yeah. at then, the end of the day, he's going to be the one answering for the yeah. spiritual maturity of the church. Yeah. So I, I do, that's what I look for. And I, there's a, um, a church I'm familiar with where they're constantly struggling with the battle of like the pastor wants to do something, but he can't because the board doesn't agree. Okay. Yeah. And that's scary to me. Yeah. You it's, don't want it, that. Like, that's, no, that's too much discord in yeah. the church. And I, can, I just can't imagine like having a pastor up there who's like preaching a message. He doesn't want to preach because right. they decided that it could, should, should stay topical and he wants to do expository. Right. And so he's like preaching. So he doesn't even want, you know, that's, that's, that's a situation. I don't know. I don't, 
um, I, I can't see. Well, being... I think that's where my in-laws found, like their church found themselves in mm-hmm. this situation because it's like, hey, the elders are like, okay, well, we don't feel like this pastor because he wants to do things that they think are outside of the foundation of the, what the church is supposed to be. So he wants to change things in the church, and the elders are like, no. And so they were removing this pet person, and then mm. I, don't quote me on it because I could yeah. be wrong with that. But well, it's, it's recorded now, but, so it's yeah. I figured yeah. you quoted it. <laughs> <laughs> no one quote me on that. Please. Um, but anyway, yeah. you have things like that can, that can come up where like, okay, they disagree. Who's who's got the final say? Mm. So like, our church ran to where the deacons would come together with the pastor and they would make the decision together and the pastor would have the final say. Okay. And he's like, look, I think this is where we should go. And almost every time they're on the same on page. On the same page, yeah. So, Because like if you're surrounding your, yourself with these people that you can count on and that are believing the same things that you do and are praying the same way that you are praying, you're generally going to agree with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. Yeah, it shouldn't really come to a head often, but when it does... I want it to be, which just, again, comes down to having a genuine pastor because you don't want to have to worry about whether or not they're like, all right, are they biblical this time? Right, right. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good question. I'm glad you brought that up because that's huge. That's big. Yeah, to- yeah. Totally out of the blue popped into my head. I was like, yeah, no, that's a big one, and I didn't even think about it till now. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I prefer pastor-led church. I haven't seen a, an example of an elder-led church which is a crazy sentence. I, yeah, I didn't um, think. Where, I never thought about that. Where it's gone well, I, yeah. I just there probably might there might be some out there, but I haven't I haven't interacted with one where it works that way. Right. Um. So, if you're listening, Joel Steen. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So yeah. So the the big red flags, and of course, all of this uh, we're hitting on um, all the kind of like the minutia. That's a word. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, of of this conversation, but it also comes down to prayer and letting the spirit guide yeah, you. Because yeah. you you may go to a church that doesn't hit any of your preferences, but is biblically sound, and that's where God's has called right. you to be, yeah. and He He's called right. you to flourish in that. So I I brought up the preference thing just to point out that we do have preferences, yeah. and shallow, let's say it, shallow Christians go only off those when you can factor it into where God's calling you, where you can serve best, and your preferences. Right? Because it's not wrong to go where you want to go. As long as yeah. as long as God's calling you there too. Well, wherever you wherever you go, bloom. Yeah, if you can't, you're planted. If you're not yeah. serving there within a yeah. certain amount, of, what would you say is like a good amount of time where like you should know and be connected and serving? Feel comfortable enough to got like get yeah. out there and like from first time you go. Hmm. I would say like six months. Six I, months. Yeah, was, that's what popped into my head. Six months. Not that it's like a solid. That's it. That's you got six months. Age of accountability this. for church members. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would even say more than that. Six months is a long time. There's four Sundays in a month, mm-hmm. and if you do go to something, not even say service, but let's just say you're a young adult and you and you go to their young adults. Now I mean, twice a week. True. Well, that's a long time yeah. to be able to just serve say, and be like. I got started like four months in, so I, I, yeah, like I would say six is like the long end of it. I would say yeah, really like you should, should see know that. by then, mm. roughly. I I know, like you said, with your church, that things could come up. Right. That yeah. You, you have no clue. Yeah, but, we've been serving for yeah at least six months. Yeah. By at this point and. It came up, so it's like, wait a second. And maybe it depends on the person, like an extremely shy, introverted person. Maybe it'll take six months. Right. Somebody's just like jumping and gets going. It's like two. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to doubt, like, you don't have to jump in with both feet, being like, I'm never going to stop doing children's ministry once I start. But (laughs) just be like, hey, can I be your helper for a couple weeks and see what that looks like? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sit in, even just. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this today at church where, uh, like, you can be involved 
everyone should be you're you're attending this church and you're a Christian. It's your church. You should be involved in it some way. Like mm-hmm. everyone has been given a gift, mm-hmm. whether you think yeah. you have or not. And that's why he used the woman with the two pence. Mm-hmm. This is all I have. Like he used it as like, this is my face. I don't really have many expressions. He was very <laughs> like like he didn't have like a smile. Mm. He's like, I'm happy to be here, but you can't tell because my face is like, I have one face. Yeah. It's this sad face that you see. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but you take whatever it is that you have and you use it towards the Lord. God gave that to you. Mm-hmm. It's something you're useful. No matter who you are, no matter what you think right. or you don't think you have, you are useful mm-hmm. and utilize it. So use your talents, whether you think you have them or not. There's something you can do, whether it's just right. holding the door for somebody going in and out. That yeah, kind of stuff. Literally. Yeah. You know, it's, there's there's a lot of things in the church that you you'd be surprised. People need help getting things done. Yeah. Like we have maintenance days at the church. Right, coffee, cleaning the bathroom. Exactly. Somebody's got to do something. Yep, pushing mm-hmm. a button on a coffee maker. You can mm-hmm. do that. You're serving. Right. Yeah. And then it gets you out there a little more and more to kind of figure out I, what you can really do. Yeah. And mate, this could, this is a wild statement, but I'm just gonna say it. Uh, I just think there's like an epidemic of not Christians that just don't serve, just attendees. Mm. Too well, like, too a, bold, like a checkbox thing almost. Checkbox, yeah. yeah can we call in. them tendies? <clears throat> I just did. Yeah, I'm just saying, can yeah, that be the, the, yeah, the term? They're attendees. Okay. Tendies. Yeah. Tendies. Tendies. Yeah. No, just tendies. Not, tendies, tendies, not, yeah. tendies. Yeah. not to be confused with good chicken tenders, tenders. Yeah. <laughs> which I also call tendies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use context. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I just, it just, I don't know. It just feels right. like that. But that could just be a feeling because it's probably like that forever. Mm. I mean, Corinth probably had like one guy doing everything. You know, just like 10, <laughs> the ten percent doing ninety. You know, it's yeah. like well, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Caleb, for coming on. I no appreciate problem, talking to you. It was a cool insight. I now I know if I hopefully I never need to move churches, but yeah. if I do, to ask about the age of yeah. accountability yeah. on day yeah, one, I'm going in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were talking about like you know what to talk about and everything. He, he was just saying. That's something that you just never hear. How to pick a church? Like you never, because you yeah. most people learn everything from church, you know. Right. So they're not going to preach on like how to pick a church because then one, it's got to call out their flaws. Yeah. And two, it like almost implies like, all right, now go look, you know, like. Mm. So you just never hear about it. Yeah. Or you have like friends going to one, and you're just like, well, my friends go there, and I know them, and they're they're good people. Or they're yeah yeah. You're like, oh, we had it to where like people that we went to church with here were going to that church down there, and it was like. Oh yeah, they go to this church. It's fine. We're good. You know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You kind of use it as a reference because, like, you want to feel comfortable right. to some point. Like jumping into a new church and not knowing it, you're like, I know nobody here. And then it's like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like you don't want somebody to just run up to you and say, "How you right. doing, Joe?" Yeah, you get water, ten people or, come flood you. Know, you. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to scare people off, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, mm. right. That's why I was like, "What the heck? How did how did we get here?" A year and a half later, and right. you know. It was really scary because she started questioning. My wife started questioning her, her salvation, her Christianity. Mm. I was like, "What? Mm. Don't doubt yourself. Like, don't doubt your Christianity. Don't doubt what God did. Mm-hmm. He did it for a reason." And you know, Satan can creep in sometimes and really make you doubt on things and scare you on yeah. things. And that's what I'm like. I don't want to go to a place where they make me doubt what I have. I've been taught doubt my faith. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a good standard. I never thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I and she comes home with this and it's like, wait, what? Get baptized? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm. Just blew my mind because yeah. like could not have seen it coming. Yeah. But it 
it happens. That kind of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And some people get comfortable where they are, and they just stay because it's comfortable. Yeah. They're like, it's easy. I know where to, you know. Yeah. Close For the most home. part, they got it down. Yeah, yeah. You know? But like I was saying before, be uncomfortably comfortable where you are mm-hmm. like, to where you, you're working on yourself. So that's my main thing. Work on yourself. Always try to get better and mm. fix the things that, you know, be okay with being wrong every once in a while. Yeah. And admitting it. Admitting it. So. Mm-hmm. Amen. A lot of wisdom. Mm. It's no, a beard. It's good. Still nice learning beard. patience, by the way. <laughs> I don't think you ever fully learn that. No, you don't. If you use beard so lotion, though, it'll. I do. No, it's just if you do, you'll get patience. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, you know. <laughs> You Essential oils there. in there. Essential oils. It grows faster, that's for sure. Jeez. Yeah. Hibiscus. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. No problem, guys. Cool. We sincerely thank you for listening to this week's episode of Encounter. On this podcast, our goal is to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. And specifically in the each other part, in our real conversations that sometimes span two to three hours, you may hear an opinion that you disagree with. First, please know that scripture is our ultimate authority and that the word of God is the ultimate test of objective truth. Second, know that we are all part of the body of Christ and we are constantly learning and growing as well and would love to hear from you if you think differently on a topic. You can do so by DMing us on Instagram. If you have been blessed by this podcast at all, please subscribe, like, and share it.